It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Ah, shut your noise. How are you doing? Salute Pete Shaw. All right. Episode 199, baby. We are hurtling towards 200, 200,000. <laughs> 200. Are you okay? It's my new word, 200. It's 200. In, it's, in between a, it's in between 100 and 1,000. It's uh, it's very interesting. How are you, Luke Moe? Pretty good. Yeah, Pretty went to a festival good. the weekend, I hear? I did. Should we get straight into it? Let's go straight into it. All right, I went to a festival the weekend, which was called the Million Dollar Bash. <laughs> it was called Million Dollar Bash. It was also called All White Now, um, but it was Steady. it was the fifth. Not on the Isle of Wight. No, oh, because they're white. Yeah. Differently okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's not a dog whistle. It is, um, a, bit, it is a bit Daily Mail Island over there, though. Um, well, it's, it's that's that is absolutely true. But this <laughs> this particular part was like an enclave against that. I would mm. suggest it was essentially the fiftieth anniversary of Bob Dylan appearing at the Isle of Wight mm. uh, in nineteen sixty nine, of course, and. My friend Blair, who is a singer-songwriter, is the son of someone in Fairport Convention, obviously a seminal folk act. And, they, and his dad organised it uh, as, a, as a tribute to Dylan on the 50th anniversary. Mm. And Richard Thompson played, which is amazing. And then Roger McGough was there. There was a band called Dylan Centric, who were this kind of super folk super group who did a load of Dylan songs to, to, to round off the evening. And it was amazing because clearly it was run by a lot of folk heads who love music but don't really have any real history in organising the festival. So... Mm. Hardly anyone knew about it. There must have been about 300 people there. Yeah. Which is amazing. Can we uh, can we talk about Real Ale? It sounds oh, yeah. like a Real Ale festival to me. Yeah, they had, um, but they only had one beer tent. Right. So they only had, um, the Real Ale on offer was Fuddle DD. <laughs> <laughs> Doombar? And no, Doombar no Doombar. No one near that big. No one that big. And um, we, there was a lot of ciders. Right. <laughs> so we were drinking ciders. I'm fairly certain, although my, my memory for obvious reasons is somewhat hazy, around this kind of time, but I'm pretty sure the people in the beer tent, one of them drove to the Aldi down the road mm. and bought a load of cans and brought them back and started selling them as well because they run out. Nice. So I think it's really cool because I think next year they're probably going to do the, the 1970 anniversary where obviously mm. Hendrix played. Mm. Um, 
and it's going to be a far more well-organised affair because it'll have a bit of a longer run-up at it. So I'm really pleased I was there for the three to 400 people one, <laughs> uh, which was not commercial at all and really chilled out and you could essentially do whatever you wanted. So what was the, it was the anniversary of Isle of Wight Festival? Of Dylan playing in 1969, yeah. Yeah, the Isle of Wight Festival. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, I, I, I do tend to get a bit boring about these kind of things, but so forgive me very, very quickly, but the interesting thing about Bob Dylan playing at the Isle of Wight Festival one in 69 is quite interesting because, of course, three years before that, he almost died in a motorcycle crash and he hadn't it been... It sounds s- like a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> he does these days. That could have been an impression of Bob Dylan or a motorcycle. Um, so he hadn't been seen in public for three years and he didn't play at Woodstock, right? Um, even though it was right next to where he lives. And these two brothers, called the Folk Brothers, weirdly enough, um, they kind of persuaded him to come to the other white which if you, when you think about it it's a bit weird given he lives in the US <laughs> and it's like a little island on the on the on the sort of south coast of England mm. and uh, they sent him all these different um like books and tapes and all this stuff to try and get him to come right. talking about the cultural heritage of the island and all the rest of it I think it kind of appealed to his kind of good nature iconoclastic sensibility shall we say <laughs> uh, and then his son got um injured on I think on the boat over and what? so he had to then, that all got changed, he had, to fly, he had to fly over at the last minute and he eventually played. But anyway. How crazy was the was the boat over? It's not usually that choppy, is it? Very busy waters, though. No, yeah, I'm not really sure how it mm. happened. But um, And then, of course, he appeared. There were no screens or anything, so people were watching from like miles back. <laughs> um, that was a far bigger affair than this one was at the weekend, anyway. But it was celebrating that and it was very good. Uh, it was cool to be, uh, to be sort of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, watching some nice live music. Richard Thompson played, who is one of my favourites. He's an absolute legend in the game. Just amazing. Uh, it's really good. And then, uh, the, because it was so, shall we say, loosely organised, <laughs> um, there were no taxis. So, I had to walk an hour back to the hotel. There was no taxis? What do you mean? No. They just didn't, they just didn't have enough taxis. Come on. Where yeah. was it? Ride? It was in Cows. Ventnor? Oh, Cows. Right, okay. Cows is a pretty major... I'm surprised there was no taxis. But it was outside. It was like Newport County Showgrounds, so outside mm. of Cows. Yeah. Anyway, so we had to do a big old walk back. <sighs> That's all right, though. Well, you were it was pissed. fun. Yeah, pissed sobered, sobered up, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Did you didn't, uh, the day after, you didn't go for one of your bracing walks or maybe a jog? The next day. Mm. The next day, walk was not on the agenda <laughs> the next day. Ah, lovely. But Dylan, I think, was backed by the band. Um, obviously, legendary band as well. So it was an amazing thing that he did in 1969. If you don't know much about it, check it out. I certainly didn't know a huge amount about it, but it's very interesting to me. My dad used to have a couple of tips with the band on, and I used to think that it was like, his favourite band, but he just couldn't be asked to write who it was. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, it's the boys. It's the band. The boys, yeah? The boys. Mm, I think that's that's reasonable, isn't it? (laughs) It's reasonable. How old were you at the time? I was very young. I was very young. When I was 17, I drank some very good beer. (laughs) There was no... I didn't see any t-shirts with what's the matter, lager boy, afraid you might taste something. Really? It's a shame. It's a real shame. Did anyone drop a glass and everyone cheered? I guess it would all be plastic glasses. Plastic glasses on grass. That ain't smashing. (laughs) That ain't smashing (laughs) for nobody's business. What did you get up to the weekend anyway? Uh, Not a lot really. Played a bit of football. Uh, Enjoyed my... I really enjoyed myself playing football. Uh, 11 aside, I haven't done it in a little while and it was fun, fun, fun. I don't think so anyone under the age go. of 50 was at that festival apart from us, so I don't think anyone listening to this would were have been you, at the Were you the young whippersnappers at the festival? Well, my friend Blair was. He, play, he played, and he's only about 27, so he was definitely <laughs> the youngest there. Fantastic. But they also wheeled out, um, I say wheeled out, that was really rude, I didn't mean it like that. Julie Felix also performed, mm. and she did Blowing in the Wind as a tribute to Dylan. She's mm. 81. Right. She still looks great. She played at the original one. She looks great. Fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. It really that was good. Like a Robin Hitchcock sure. played as well. I think he was at the original one but he didn't perform because he was too young so he played. 
Um, it was it was a really good effect. I think it's one of those things that next year is probably going to be a lot bigger, uh, a lot more exciting. So keep an eye out for that. If you fancy tripping down to the Isle of Wight, I know you do, Pete. You've been down there on the ferry. Ten times. Nice little spot. Ten times next year, I think. It's my 10th Isle of Wight Festival. Really? Crazy. Get a little plaque for that, probably. <laughs> They've probably put a little blue plaque around saying, oh. Peter has visited here. A golden mic. <laughs> They'd they, give you a uh, golden mic, would they? Well, anyone that would work, I'd, I'd take, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Battery's always gone out of out of kilter. Um, yeah, so Isle of Wight Festival, a lot of festivals on. I mean, Isle of Wight uh, as an island, just a lot of festivals going on all of the time. Love boxes over there, wasn't it? Isle of Wight Festival, you got a yeah. few others. Best, it's just, just I want to say festival. Has that changed now? I can't remember. Much. I don't. Speak, speaking it. of islands, hmm. is that a story that broke yesterday? I think it was yesterday that hundreds of people were stranded on the Isles of Scilly because the only ferry had broken down. Nice. So they were there for. Apparently, they were there for. I think I think it's days, not hours, days <laughs> on the Isles of Scilly. This is, I don't think there's any reason to live on the Isle of Scilly. And anyone listening on the Isle of Scilly, you know what you've done. Disrespectful, I think. You know what you've I done. I wonder if there is anyone listening on the if Orkney. You, anyone listening on Orkney? If you are an island dweller, mm. you're not the largest populated island in the UK is? Um, I guess, you'll never get it. Ooh, uh, populated island. Is it the Isle of Dogs? <laughs> no, no, it's not. Not even an island. Is it not? Um, it I don't is. know. Mm. Uh, what is it then? Portsea Island, aka Portsmouth. Oh, fuck off. That's not an island. How do, you, how do they count that as an island? It's, it's officially an island. How It's connected. By roads. Right. It's only connected by roads, mate. What? The, 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 bridge road. What, bridge the land is compl- no, have a look. Can't believe you, you've known me for this long. You didn't get. You didn't know that. We are an island race. Exactly. That's why that's so funny. I thought we'd, I thought we'd just been idiots. Portsea. Portsea. Look, here you go. Portsea Island is a flat, low-lying island measuring 24,542 square kilometres. Oh, yes. There is a slight... There's a roundabout that goes over it. Yeah. <laughs> put a roundabout It's linked it. by roads. Yeah. But yeah, it's got... Um, oh, yeah. It's got like 200,000 people on it, so it's technically the most populated island in the UK. That's fascinating. I mean, yeah. they're taking the... Mic- Look, they've covered that They've covered that little bit of... Filled it in, mate. Filled it in, mate. Yeah. So it was... So that was a man... It's a man-made island, I reckon. <laughs> reclaimed it anyway if you got stranded on that you'd be fine because the transport <laughs> links are very good and you could swim it in comparison to, to the Isles of Scilly <laughs> uh, 800 extra people are stu- were stuck on it <laughs> for a few it, days on Wednesday the ferry broke down and they couldn't fix it until I think maybe last night or something mm. even if you got a ferry what would you from, do what would you do there just had to, I, well, I'd do exactly what everybody else did just hang out there eat, eat drink and be merry I guess good. sorry Luke I can't come and do the Luke and Pete show episode 200 because I'm stuck on an island Obviously, having a lovely old time, <laughs> getting drunk on some of the local scrumpy. <laughs> so I presume that's what they drink down there. Anywhere out in the sticks is like, oh, we've got a lot of rotting apples. What should we get? Yeah. How should we get rid of them? <laughs> uh, Lass has, uh, has she managed to get to uh, Greta? She's uh, managed to get to where she needed to be. Should you be calling her um, that little Lass? Little Lass, um, the environmental activist. She's got to where she arrived in uh, New York City after playing uh, after spending 15 days at sea. I'm enjoying how much she's upsetting a lot of people. That was going to be my point. Is it possible for any of these people in the commentary to just say, quietly, I just don't, I just don't I'm not into this. It's impossible, isn't it? It's impossible. Like, grown men and women are losing their shit. Over a 15-year-old. A 15-year-old girl with, uh, I think she's got autism Asper- as well. Asperger's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, a strange. I would say a strange target, but 2019, seems like all bets are off. Anything's a target. Anything's a target. Yeah, incredible scenes. Wow. So yeah. Do you get the feeling that like the world? Do you, do you get the feeling that Luke and Pete could at some point become 
one of those sort of beacon shows that people will check the radio frequencies for when the world goes to absolute shit. I mean, if they do, I mean, the world it will be fucked, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, be us and Joe Rogan, we're the, the only shows that are broadcasting. Let's listen to um, Luke and Pete. Why? Because they've got they know where the food sources are. Nah, but they can do a bit on. Um, <laughs> Isles of Silly uh, there was a guy who used to or be or how um, many how many people called Ewan there are listening to their show it's all useful got a, stuff got a lot of emails about Ewan there yeah we week. did Yeah. Um, thanks to Ewan um, yeah. Uh, yeah there was a is it Two Dog or Tim Dog I can't remember there was a character in Fallout 4 after the apocalypse yeah and Fallout 3 rather um, where there's a kind of like a, a radio DJ that's broadcast to the to the wilds of America after a massive uh, uh, nuclear event I see myself very much as being that kind of character, I guess, playing the killers, playing um, a bit of a bit of Bob Dylan, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> After everything's gone to shit. Would you? Would you? If you? If you were the only radio broadcaster left around, mm. would you still adhere to Absolute Radio's um, song song list? No repeat guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't yesterday. Yeah, I, uh, I played uh, the Cooks twice. In no, I didn't. No, I played the Cooks twice last week. Uh, this weekend, I played the Clash. Um, I can't remember which Clash song it was, but I played it twice in 15 minutes. That's too much. Did you forget? Too much Clash. Um, there's a little quirk with the Absolute Radio playout system that uh, take responsibility. Sometimes copies. Take responsibility. Take I will responsibility. take responsibilities for having my hand off the tiller, uh, <laughs> but I will not take responsibility for the weird and crazy way that our play- playout system works. So for people listening, kind of it duplicates different... doesn't move. So people duplicates doesn't move. Right. Much Sounds like your around. contribution to a lot of these shows. <laughs> what, um, people listening outside of this country mm. will... So just just make it clear to them. We'll be astounded that I'm a radio DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Either we'll of us are broadcasting professionals. Is the radio station you work for no repeat guarantee just with artists or songs? Songs. So you okay. can't hear the same song over and over again. It's it's technically Monday through Friday because I was actually outside the uh, no repeat guarantee. Actually, a guy um, text, uh, he emailed me um, yesterday uh, with some oh, wonderful... Uh, some fantastic bit of um, bit of fishing. Uh, hey Pete, long time listener, uh, first time corresponder. Have you played the Clashes? Should I stay or should I go? He knows the song. Uh, twice this afternoon. I love the Clash, but this song, uh, the song twice is uh, too much Clash for me. Doesn't absolutely really have some sort of no repeat policy that entitles me to one thousand pounds for pointing this out. I look forward to hearing from you, and I will be happy to follow the details on where to send payment. Keep up the good work. Oh. Kind regards, Craig. There is no agreement about one thousand uh, during Monday to Friday. Do you admire that? We have a kit. I don't know where £1,000 come from. I also we don't know would where... occasionally give away DAB radios back in the day, but we don't do that anymore because, you know, the, Why would the, the, also... the cloud system sometimes <laughs> fucks up. Why would he also say, I love The Clash, but two songs is a bit too much for me? <laughs> well, you either love them or you don't, mate. Yeah. No one says, I love this artist, but I can't listen to one of their songs. I can't tell whether he's taking the mic and it's just too clever for me. But £1,000 yeah, is such a weird amount of money. Um, I don't know if, I've, if I've, I've, I forgot to tell you. On Friday, I um I, w- <laughs> I went to um call the cats in for their breakfast right. at Magnus and Hercules, mm. and um, they because I live on the first floor, they come up the back into the back door through the cat flat up the steps, mm. and um, they normally come in at sort of the same time most mornings. They'll come in for their breakfast, and if they're not already in, I'll call them. Yeah. Some of them like being outside, so they don't go too far. So I call them in, and I hear the the telltale sign of the cat flap going twice, right? And I hear one of them padding up the steps like kind of this. Not like that, mm. and then uh, a spit. Sorry, is there a cat in here? Because I got four legs, so it's probably like probably one like this, actually, like that. Right? Because they're, nah, running, they're they, running. They up. do. They do two at a time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so her, <laughs> one of them comes up, and then I hear the second one come up, and it's like, 
Oh. Vomit, <laughs> vomiting time, is it? <laughs> like that. Right. Oh, Jesus, what's happened? So Hercules comes in, that's the ginger one, he's fine. Magnus comes in, coughing. Just like yeah. coughing like an old man. All right. I was like, oh, Jesus, what's happened? And earlier this week, he had coughed up a hairball inside, which is unlike him. Mm. And he had been sick as well. I was like, oh, Jesus. Because he gets them in the bins and that kind of stuff. They just eat anything. So yeah. he probably, it's not completely out of the ordinary. But for him to be coughing like a few days later, and he didn't look very happy. So I thought, I'd better take him to the vet. So I bundled him in the um, carry case, took him to the vet. Um, got to the Oh, it was stronger my fucking cat. Got to the vet with this coughing old man in the box. <laughs> Put him in there. She looked at him, looked down his throat, sort of examined him and went, yeah, he's got a sore throat. <laughs> I was like, what? what? Never heard of that before. He's got a little sore throat. Yeah, so what oh. happened was he had coughed up some stomach acid when he was sick. Right. He's burnt his throat a little bit and now he's got this like old man cough. Oh, give him a Cavornia. I had, to, a, yeah, uh, I had to shove him um, a few a few antibiotics down his throat this morning. A vocal's on. Yeah. I guess we're I never, I never, just didn't expect it. No. I expected this how he's got like a bone caught in his throat or something or he's, you know, he's, he's trying he's to cough a up a herbal. Is he, is he right his round now? Yeah, he's fine now, yeah. Ah, he was in good form this morning. Lovely old job. Mm. Well, is there a, um, a positive of opportunities to give cats um, antibiotics? Because obviously with humans, doctors are instructed not to do it quite so much anymore because uh, it Magnus reduces the effectiveness. That's so, right. so many. They normally get us an injection, mm. but I think she wanted to just give her... She, gave, she did give him an injection and then later on she said, oh, look, for the next few days you're going to have to give him a couple of tablets. <laughs> because I can't put it in his food because Hercules might eat it. Yeah. So it's a bit of a bit of and a, then it becomes a super cat. But I think people should email them on hello at lukeandpeach.com with them weirdest animal pet injuries and diagnoses because I had right. not expected to say he's got a sore throat. <laughs> Just a weird thing to say. Uh, he's got the sniffles. Anyway, let's have a break. Right. Come back, um, do some emails. I've got one here from Pilot Gap. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think I've got nodules or something on my throat. You know, I was talking about how I couldn't do... Um, <laughs> I find when I sing now, I just can't do notes, can't do some notes. Can you still do um, It's Been? It's Been! There's the answer. That's all you need. There's the answer to your question. I just worry because like, we're going on a big live tour. We might have to cancel like Ed Sheeran. 
I do find on a particularly busy week, I remember just before Christmas when we were doing 12 rounds of Christmas, loads of other stuff happening, mm. talk sport were asking me to do some shows, and obviously I just talk a lot anyway. Towards the end of the week, my throat was in real bad, really in a real bad state. Mm. I was drinking honey and lemon and all yep. sorts. Um, is it <laughs> okay? Yeah. Well, you you do a lot of singing anyway. You're quite a you're quite a big vocal performer. Quite extroverted. Mm. For people who listen to this show and my other shows who inexplicably carry on listening but profess to hate me on the internet mm. will not be won over by the idea that knowing that I sing a lot in my own spare time. <laughs> so that, that will make them more angered, won't it? Oh, um, I don't know where I'll be visiting, but um, there's a uh, spank pal. Right. Uh, I think a pop-up must have um, come on my phone. It says spank pal. That old chestnut. Come together right now. Is that a Beatles reference? It come might... together yeah. right now. Is there ever been a song title with hmm. more good songs based around it than come together? Find a masturbation Come partner. together the Beatles. Come together the, the Beloved. Come together, spiritualized. Right. Um, there's a, there's a few of them. I wonder if there's been a song title out there with better, more better versions than Come Together. <laughs> I don't think there not. is. No. Um, Pilot Gav's got in touch, as I promised. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. He says, hi guys, hope you had a cracking bank holiday. You must have emailed this last week. We're nearing the big 200th ep, how far we've all come together. Um, he says, I agree with Pete. I really struggle to get on board with all this UFO sighting nonsense. It's just mm. not for me. Give me a video from an accredited source of a flying saucer, a wee green bloke with some tentacles and a squeaky voice telling mm. us, I guess in English, how shit Earth is, and perhaps we can start talking. However, despite being a 100% non-believer, there's been a couple of occasions where I've been checking Google as soon as I've landed, because obviously Gavin is a pilot, to check out things I've seen. We can quite often get a view of the space station working its way across the sky, which is very cool. Lovely. There have been some really bright, uh, bright flashes of light, which have turned out to be meteors breaking up as they get a bit closer to our atmosphere. But I think I, I think the closest I've been to believing was when I saw what turned out to be the launch of SpaceX 60. Picture me sitting there in cruise and seeing a line of 60 small bright lights all connected moving across our eye line. Elon Musk up to his old tricks. Worth a look at some of the videos on YouTube if you've not seen it. <laughs> Sidetracking a little, but the alien chasers among us may be keen to know, within the eye there are two types of photoreceptors, cones and rods. Ah. Essentially, they are responsible for allowing our eyes to adapt to light and dark. Cones, which are for light adjustment, take most of the different wavelengths of light in, and we can adjust from dark to light in a matter of a few seconds. Probably why it can, also be, probably why it can often be a strain going from a, into a very light room after waking up. Mm. The rods, however, which are for dark adjustment, respond to darker colours, such as blues and greens. The process of adjusting to dark or night vision fully can take up to somewhere between 30 to 50 minutes. To try and relate that to some of the post-pub sightings, I guess it could be reasonable to suggest that during a walk home, people's eyes may have adjusted to a level of night vision that they're not normally used to. Mm. Street lights, reflections of car lights, or even aeroplanes will seem a lot clearer. Throw a couple of shandies in there, and who knows? It's quite important for pilots to give themselves adequate time to properly adjust to darkness. If someone was to turn on a light just before landing, it could be very difficult for the pilots to land the plane, especially if the weather or conditions are quite poor. And one of the, uh, the reasons laser attacks are very dangerous, the dazzling effect can take a long time to overcome for mm. a pilot. Uh, a long night flight can allow us to get some great views of the sky. More importantly, it can give us the opportunity to see ahead for any lightning storm clouds that might be in our flight path. And while travelling at over 500 miles an hour, you can also need you can often need a couple of hundred miles to make a deviation around some storms. Lots of love, Pilot Gav. So a pilot there throwing cold water <laughs> on UFO chat on this very show. Pete, mm. your reaction to that? 
It is. It's difficult, and and some, that's why a lot of accidents happen on the old plainy planes. Because you know, you you look down and you're like, "Where's the runway gone, guys? Guys, where's the runway? Is that the taxiway? Uh oh, yeah, Madeira. Oh, is that the main? <laughs> oh, is that the main road? I don't know. Was it Tenerife? Which was the Tenerife. Tenerife. Tenerife was the two plane KLM ones. And, um, One was on the runway, was it? I not? want to say Tanam and KLM. Okay, I think it was KLM's. Fault. Hundreds of fatalities. It was like four hundred people. It's insanity. I think it was more than that. You reckon? I think it was 600. Nah. All right, I'll, I'll it would have been 600 if everyone died. I think um, some people survived in, I think, the KLM flight. Either way, it was a bad one. Uh, but the Pan, Am, the Pan Am pilots saved as many people as they could by getting off the taxi there. Total fatalities, 583. Holy shit, that is almost 600. Yeah. Bloody hell. I think it's the um, it's the deadliest in aviation history. There would have been a worse one in um, I think it was oh, it's a Denver. It was an American airport, and uh, they'd uh, they'd moved one of the um, runways. They turned the lights off, or they were fixing the lights, or whatever. Mm. And they were coming down, um, and they'd got and the, the pilots had been on for about thirteen, fourteen hours, mm. or they'd been awake, and they'd only had like six or seven hours. Uh, they'd only had like five or six hours sleep, mm. um, and apparently that's well within. Or certainly close to well within bounds, but their circadian rhythm dictated that this is where they were the most sleepiest. Uh, they weren't going to be able to pay attention to a lot of stuff, uh, but they got this small bit of information on their readout when they lo- when they launched the plane, <laughs> when they went mm. up in the sky, uh, basically saying that this Took runway's off. out, this runway's off, yeah. uh, land on the other runway, so close for maintenance. Um, and so they they almost landed on the taxiway where there was like five or six when planes was this? waiting to last year, I think, right, or this year, earlier this year. Did you say the airport? Uh, I can't remember. It was an American airport, but it right. would have been a fucking nightmare. But they came down, and it was only because I think a Emirates flight turned on its lights to go get off the fucking taxiway, mate. Stop trying to land on the taxiway. But I've been on, I've been on one of those flights where it comes into land. I think it was at Luton. Uh, it was EasyJet, and um, it went from like you know twenty percent um, engines. They come down and then they realise that there's still a plane on the oh, runway. Like, went, we are not going we to We are Luton. not going to land here. It's a dump. <laughs> but you just had and straight off again. How did that make you feel? Um, I left my arse on the runway when it took off <laughs> again. You, were you terrified? I wasn't terrified. I was just like, that's... He said, sorry about that. Everyone, uh, there was a plane on our runway. It's like, that could have been so much worse. Did it, did it make you... He, really... had to, he visually... The pilot visually identified a plane on our runway and we went from... We were going into land, 100%. Please, but did it make Engines you? Did it up. make you realise how much what the capability of the planes are compared mm. to like what you expect? Yeah, because they're capable incredible. of loads, aren't they? Like mm. they just don't end up not really using the capabilities when because they, they don't need. Apparently, uh, I think seven four seven got close to um, breaking. Is it breaking the sound? Is Mac one is breaking the sound barrier, yeah. isn't it? That's, yeah, yeah. Um, it got close. It's like not point nine nine. Um, really, breaking the yeah because they, they test them to a yeah. ridiculous degree, mm. so they can shift. I, th- I believe I'm right in saying, and then Pilot Gav or Pilot Neil or any other pilot listening can, um, I'd love a pilot, Luke, can get in touch and um, tell us. But I'm, Pukey. I'm fairly certain that like the jet stream coming back from the US, they they kind of have to limit how fast they go because because they can... It pushes them, yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. They, so, they, 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 they broke like the um, record, didn't Yeah, it was like five hours, ten minutes yeah. or something, wasn't it, from mm. New York to London or something, yeah. Um, but what do you think of the UFO angle? Pilot Gav is a, is a skeptic. I agree with Pilot Gavin, he's in the know, to be honest. The eyes play tricks all of the time. A few people have got in touch talking about the Rendlesham Forest incident, right. which is something that happened near RAF Woodbridge in Suffolk, and I did allude to it last week. Um, very, very interesting story. I'm not going to go through the whole thing because it's quite long, but that is worth checking out if you're interested in that kind of thing. And and, and that, to me, is the grey area between um, kind of unexplained things around Air Force bases that might just be aircraft that 
that just isn't really announced yet or anything. Mm. Because you and I were very pleased to see the V-22 Osprey the other day, weren't we? It was good. It was a good little helicopter It's like a thing. plane and a helicopter m- mashed together. Nice. I'm all about that life. <laughs> you got an email, Peter? I've got an email from... Who've got here? Andy. Pete, I was violently wincing. On my train home last week, sounds about right, uh, listening to Absolute, uh, absolute Radio. Where's that come from? <laughs> listening to the Well, you played show. The Clash three times in a row. <laughs> uh, I'll go for the record next weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was violently wincing on my train home last week when you opted for an impromptu science experiment to see if sometimes your plums can swap places. Please do not do this. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but a few people talk about that. You could you, easily uh, end up with something called testicular torsion. Yeah, I... Which sounds like a uh, unidentified uh, new plane... Friend of my, testicular torsion. It's codenamed testicular torsion. It's a new trainer from Adidas. Um, <laughs> I, I played football with a guy called um, Alex. I think he's called Alex Jenkins. I haven't right. seen him for years. Lovely fella. Alex Jenkins. Played football with me at uni. Mm. He was out on the older, on the tiles, shall we say. Yes. Ended up, long story short, I think he ended up staying at a mate's house on the floor. Mm. Uh, but it was a hard floor. Yeah. They twisted and turned the night and he twisted his balls. Bleh. Yeah, and he, so he woke up in just excruciating Bleh. pain. Bleh. Couldn't imagine what was going on. And uh, yeah. they called an ambulance and they took him in and they sorted it out. But that was basically, I think he might have had to have an operation. I think it was quite mm. difficult. Sometimes it can out. happen going from a, like a cold room to a warm room. What? Yeah. Well, now I'm going to be worried again. <laughs> what are you talking about? Just concentrate on your cat's health, all right? Yeah, the, listen, the human, the human body should be much better equipped. <laughs> over millions of years of evolution and be able to walk between a hot and a cold room Andy Saunders uh, finishes the email by saying I don't know the lengths of his misery or pain uh, a friend of his had testicular torsion uh, but he basically had to walk around with an ice nappy like device for four weeks after the doctors put him in the right uh, place again an, an ice, ice nappy. nappy for four weeks yeah it's not it's apparently a lot more serious than you perhaps expect don't twist your balls um, guys also um, I remember a kid I grew up with was circumcised mm. and he had to sleep on his back with like a cage over his cock and balls. <laughs> like uh, one of those chastity uh, yeah. things that you see on, so, so, on the internet. So the um, so the um, the blanket or whatever wouldn't stick to it and stuff. Grim. It's <laughs> grim. Funny, it's so it? grim. I'll never understand circumcision. It's fucking mental. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Apparently it's good. It's much, much healthier though. It's not much healthier. It's just no, it is because it's... Fucking wash yourself. No, because you've got a much less chance of uh, retaining infection and stuff. Not much less, I would say. I'm sure a doctor will will get in touch. It's not much less. It'll be like 5% or something. Just keep yourself clean. Have we ever right? talked more about cocks and balls on the, in an episode than this? So, yeah. <laughs> I was much... watching an episode of Naked Attraction. Have you seen that show? I've never yeah. watched a full episode. It's weird. There was this, um, I think she was like a like a, a lady who sort of professed to be um, a big choir woman. Uh, an older lady. She just <laughs> sings in a choir, and it was quite that, that a weird. That is not a phrase. Well, she was like, "I'm a big her, choir woman." Her, her identity was that she sang in a choir, um, and she had such a potty mouth. She was just like, try, you know, people who try and overemphasize how sexual they are, and they end up sort of sounding really like virgins. It's like, I'm yeah. so no, oh, I love fucking like you know, Jay from the between us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so he's so she's like going like she's just reviewing their cocks, going, "Oh, I'd like that." She said something about the guy's foot. Oh, I love them feet. I like a foot right up, and he used, she used the posse word. Um, it was weird. very weird, very weird woman, it's, very strange. When I when I ever catch a bit of that show, I often think, do we do we really need to have this show on? Do we? Well, do we they really dress need it up it? in kind of like uh, kind of cod um, physiological kind of like a medical sort of yes, thing. You know, exactly. A lot of people have this, and a lot of people have that little cartoons, but it's only window dressing for seeing so those knobs and Channel stuff. Four and Five do that a lot. So mm. they 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 there's what there's Channel Five Road Wars. Have you ever seen that? Actually, actually, it's not Channel 5 anymore. I think it's, it's like Pick TV or something. But it's 
they follow a lot of police around yeah. like the Thames Valley area. This guy thinks he's king of the road. Yeah. Right. But essentially, it's just there because people who have been smoking weed late at night want to watch people get arrested yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or slag off the police or see a car accident. Mm. But they they dress it up in a kind of, oh, this is educational. <laughs> Yeah, don't yeah. do this because this could end up with three years in jail <laughs> but the narrator does it in kind of like a mock Danny Dyer way so instead of saying and this guy eventually went down for um, three years yeah. for possession of a class A substance right <laughs> what they actually say is this geezer ended up doing three to five for a Possession charge. <laughs> He's doing bird now. What a nightmare! Like that is because because they, they understand their audience. Like they yeah, want to try yeah. and talk down to their audience. Yeah, kind of yeah. And and they all and Channel Four also massively do that kind of rubbernecking type stuff with. Is it Doctor Christian Jessup? Oh right, and it's just people. I've just yeah. Again, I'm people just wanna. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a sideshow circus thing. Mm. Oh look at this bloke. He's the f- poor guy's the fattest man they've ever mm. seen. Let's look at him with his clothes off when they're actually talking about obesity levels and stuff yeah. but really it's it's very transparent Lauren Harris was on it I don't know who that is uh, it's remember that kid who was on Worgen oh the the, um, uh, the antiques expert okay the transgender antiques expert the yes. trans expert who became woman it's not expert on being trans <laughs> or I guess maybe antique expert are. antique, antique ex- expert yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the kid could um, kind of figure out how much things were worth um, even though I think he was getting fed it by his dad or something Oh, was that uh, it? Was by it her was dad? Yeah. Okay, um, right. Uh, so it was, yeah, fascinating, absolutely fascinating. But she was on there, and uh, it was a little bit exploitative, I think, because yeah. she's not very well. Right. Okay. You do get, you do get. And I'm not suggesting that Lauren Harris falls under this, um, <clears throat> this umbrella, but you mm. do. We have a a section of people now in the UK who are probably too famous for shit reasons to get a normal job. Yes. But aren't famous enough to earn money for being famous. Yes. So you, what you find is, you know, someone like, I don't know, like Howard from the Halifax adverts <laughs> is the first one that pops into my mind. Right. He's not realistically going to get a normal job, is he? So he's no. going ha- to have to end up doing terrible PAs, just mm. like in the, in, the, in the Office Christmas special. Yeah. Because no one's going to get him. He's not going to be presenting the South Bank show, is he? Mm. So I mean that that's a that's a pretty um weighty uh, weighty show, but anything really. What I'm I mean, trying to say is people that, get bored, don't they? People this get... is in our future, isn't it? Basically. <laughs> we won't even really get those PA jobs. <laughs> it's more just what I like about it, what makes me confused, like the, the reality stars that want to be famous for the sake of being famous, um, but not having any remuneration for that fame. Yeah. Like I can understand why Benedict Cumberbatch uh, takes it on the chin that he's a famous person and people will come up and say hello and stuff like yeah. that. But if you're um, a reality star, you ain't getting paid and you've got to put with that shit. Have I, I, I told you the story about um, Donny Tourette of Towers of London? Uh, probably not. So Donny Tourette, people who are listening might remember... Isn't he uh, back labouring or something? I think no, 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 no. I'll tell you the story. He's He was in a band, a punk band called Towers of London around the time when guitar music became popular again, mm. sort of 2005-ish, I guess. And his real name's Patrick and he was a TV, kind of like an assistant producer mm. at Sky before he did this. And and now he's gone back to to TV again. Right. But when I worked with him at the same company, and we used to have the same commute, so I became quite friendly with him. We used to chat on the way to work and stuff. And he he had to basically change his hair, change his look, mm. do everything because people wouldn't keep recognising him, hammering him. And he said that because I would say with the round while everyone's really nice, you don't really get people recognising you that often. When they do, they're always really friendly, and it's nice to have a chat and all the mm. rest of it. He said, "Yeah, for me." It's just people screaming at me, like mm. swearing at me and stuff, yeah. and and hating me because of the way I was covering the press. And looking back at it now, it was like a massive mistake. So I think he's 
I don't want to speak on behalf of him, but obviously he's really struggled to change change it around because mm. he didn't really consider how much that would last. Yes, in in his own personal. I think, life. I think that they've just released a documentary. I think. Yeah, which looks very low budget. <laughs> like the band looked very low budget. He could definitely beat you up in a fight. So think about that. He's, he's got yeah, he's got a tasty right hook on him, hasn't he? Yeah, he's always and he's, fighting. And, the, and, always key, and scrapping. And crucially, Pete, exactly that. He's not afraid to let his hands go. <laughs> a lot of us, we could be tough, but we just don't want to get in fights. Yeah, people I who think, want to get in fights, it's a lot harder. Isn't I it? think about my hands. Um, I'd do a Bernie Sanders. Uh, I'd punch, punch someone the speedball and, and hit you back. <laughs> <laughs> and what noise would you make? <laughs> oh, I died Bernie Sanders. I just took a one in the face. Ah, fuck. It's like a Simpsons version of Bernie Sanders. Ah, God damn it. Right, let's get out of here. Yeah. Episode 200 next. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Don't know. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.